This is the Aggie Radio Sports Show on 92.3 KBLU LP Logan, presented by the Utah Statesman. I'm Jake Ellis. Uh, Jacob Nielsen, my co-host, will be here shortly. He is actually at an interview, so such is the life of of journalists uh, jumping from interview to interview and when practices end and things like that. So he'll be joining me later on in the show, and we're going to change up the order a little bit just because of that reason um, of the normal show. But we're going to go ahead and start with some volleyball coverage from for today. Um, it's one of the, you know, two of the three fall sports still going on right now. we got football, of course, and then volleyball is coming to its tail end right now. Aggies have four more regular season games before the Mountain West tourney, um, and that's like Thanksgiving weekend. So this last week, um, Utah State, they went to Fresno and San Diego State. The Aggies uh, did what they needed to do. They didn't do it in super flashy fashion or anything, but it, it's you know it's always tough on a road trip to dial in and focus. Uh, you're out of your element, you're new things, and so... You get the W, and that's all that matters. And it's not that these were bad wins either. They were pretty solid. They're just, you know, they weren't against some teams that are further down in the conference. You maybe wanted to see a little larger of a margin. But like I said, on the road, so we'll excuse it a little bit. Um, In that Fresno game, they won 3-0, swept the Bulldogs 25-15, 27-25, 25-21. So that first set. Uh, was really promising to me, I thought, because Utah State showed you know they were they were geared up and ready for that game. Uh, sometimes we've seen the Aggies come out a little sluggish this season, but uh, seeing them attack the Bulldogs that quickly that early was really promising, and they were able to keep that momentum. The second set went to extra points, but they staved off the attack and and they beat the Bulldogs. So that was a nice one, a uh, nice win for Utah State. It was Adna Mamedovic leading in kills with 11. And uh, Beatriz Rodriguez had six aces, which is super impressive. Uh, Beatriz, of course, the the setter from Portugal. And we have a feature on her uh, on the USC Statesman if you want to go check that out. But we'll slow things down. I'll try and have a little bit more fun. It's it's tough without my co-host. But going to the next game uh, in San Diego against the Aztecs. That one, the Aggies also came out on top, 3-1. and one. Uh, They lost the first set, but that one went to extra points. So they were competitive throughout the game, and really towards the tail end, they just took the Aztecs out of it that last set, 25-14. So a dominant win towards the end. So nothing that uh, you should really worry about for this squad. They're they're doing a nice job. They're, they have some momentum from this last week. Uh, and they've won uh, three of their last four, dropped a close one to UNLV in five sets, so uh, three games ago. So uh, have the momentum where you want to be going into the the postseason here of uh, Mountain West play. But first, they have their last two games in Logan this season. They'll host San Jose State tomorrow night, Thursday at 7 o'clock in the Estes Center. And then they will take on Nevada. So San Jose State... That is a team that Utah State lost to earlier this year, 1-3. to And it was a tough one. Uh, the Spartans have really shown up this season. Um, not that you know they were necessarily bad in the last couple of years, but they weren't one of the league leaders. But, but this year they've been in the mix towards the top. So this will be an important game. They are in second place right now. Uh, just one match behind UNLV. So you know the Spartans are going to be motivated for that one. It could be a tough one. 
one that um, Utah State desperately wants to win. They've lost uh, three of their three chances against the top two teams. So trying to pull out with one um, could really close down some distance there. As it sits right now, Utah State in fourth place by a good margin, three wins above the the uh, three-way tie for fifth. And looking like uh, you know a pretty good position going into the tourney seed-wise. Uh, but like I said, uh, they'll have to close it out. Um, after San Jose State, they get Nevada, one of those fifth-place teams. So kind of been up and down this season. Um, the earlier matchup between the Wolfpack and the Aggies, that one... Let's see. That one was a was an easy sweep for Utah State, and that one was in Reno. So, got to feel good about the odds on on that secondary game on Saturday, and hopefully we'll see some more attendance there. You know, the the football team in Hawaii, uh, there won't be any conflicts activity wise. So, should be pretty fun uh, match there for volleyball, and it'll be their last home game that senior night. So. I'd imagine they'll be uh, trying to uh, rock the Estes Center. But now you're you're all caught up on volleyball, uh, and we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll talk about women's hoops, and then we'll get to uh, reactions on New Mexico football game last Saturday, and then, of course, the opening game for the men's basketball team on Monday night. Stick around here on Aggie Radio. Looking for new ways to get involved, make new friends, and get professional experience? Aggie Radio has a place for you. Find out how you can get involved at our website, radio.usu.edu, and we'll see you there. Calling all Aggies in Utah. Show your love for USU while contributing to student scholarships with the Aggie license plate. 100% of your $25 annual contribution goes directly towards student scholarships. Give the gift of education and ride with Aggie pride. Visit usu.edu slash aplate for more info and go Aggies. This is Cactus Tree, and you're listening to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLULP. This broadcast is brought to you by Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU and America First Credit Union. America First Credit Union offers a wide variety of financial services, including home loans for building, buying, and refinancing. More information available at AmericaFirst.com. Aggie football is brought to you by 92.3 KBLU and the Utah Toyota dealers. The new line of Toyota Corollas, Camrys, and Tacomas are available at Toyota dealership locations throughout the state of Utah or at toyota.com. Hello, Aggies. This is Blair Barfus, your chief of police at Utah State University. You're listening to Aggie Sports Radio on 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. Back here in the booth at Aggie Radio, you're listening to 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. I'm Jake Ellis, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman. My partner in crime, Jacob Nielsen, has abandoned me, but just momentarily. Stick around, you'll be able to hear his antics coming up. Uh, He had to uh, do an interview for an article he's writing, such as the life for, uh, you know, any any journalist (laughs) covering uh, sports. So, it, uh... You know, stick around. We are, we're going to get to, uh, you know, the much-anticipated men's basketball game. We'll get his reaction, my reaction on that. And then, of course, uh, 
uh, football. We'll preview the Hawaii matchup. But right now, let's talk about women's basketball for the Aggies. Uh, of course, they had their exhibition against Fort Lewis College. We talked about that last week. Uh, a win, a solid win. Had some trouble shooting, but the Aggies really corrected that on Monday night as they hosted the College of Idaho, the Yotes. Aggies won that 75-58, to uh, same score as the men's game. I believe the first time that has happened, at least in the modern era, since they brought back the women's basketball team. Um, I tried to double-check it, got pretty deep into the, the years. You know, there's 30 games a year sometimes uh, with postseason, and it's hard to compare, but... I think I did my due diligence there, and I feel safe saying that. So, first time that's happened, at least in the modern era here at Utah State, kind of special, 75-58. So, let's break down this uh, Yotes win for Utah State. It really started with defense. They had a lot of energy, ran a full-court press most of the game, uh, would would switch it up here and there to try and catch them off guard or when they needed to uh, conserve their energy a little bit, but... The intensity was in that game the entire time. It was really impressive, uh, and the Aggies were able to force uh, 19 turnovers against the Yotes. 16 of those were steals. And it was super impressive uh, to see um, Prima Chellis in her debut for the Aggies. She didn't play in that exhibition game. Um she, you know, she had a little trouble shooting wise. Uh, didn't shoot a great percentage, but she she put up. Uh, she still put up ten points and five steals, like I mentioned, and then also five boards. So, um, someone that we could probably see a double double later on in the season. She uh, she just plays with a lot of intensity. Uh, she she had a couple and ones. Just got to the the basket. Uh, used used her size. Used her power to back people down, and put up buckets. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what Chellis can provide to this Aggie squad. Then, uh, of course, uh, Mar- uh, Maria Carvalho impressed me. She uh, had 16 points, second on the team in scoring behind Christina Oliva. She also picked up three steals, but she was just in the face of those Yotes guards all game long, giving them hassles. She almost got a double-double, nine rebounds on the night, so just one away. She also picked up four assists, so... It was a nice, impressive debut for the UVU transfer, originally from Portugal. And I don't know, there's something about uh, Portuguese basketball players in Utah State tends to work out. Then Christina Oliva, and man, she she looked really good. Hit five three-pointers on seven attempts and finished leading the squad with 17 points on the night, uh, five rebounds. Um, she She just has so much confidence that... That's the main thing that I noticed from Oliva in my first game watching her. She she uh, reminds me a little bit of the way Brock Miller would approach things. Just when when she gets that opportunity, that window, there is no hesitation in shooting. And um, I don't I don't know if she's going to be a streaky or anything like that, but she's shown that she can knock them down five threes. It's something that the Aggies have been working on. Something they really want to improved this season as their three-point shooting compared to last year. And in this game, they shot 39%. So really solid, something that will help them win a lot of games if they can keep that production up. And the other big takeaways from the Yotes game, uh, it was just a, a good warm-up to, to get some more minutes. Um, off the bench, there was a little bit of trouble with uh, 
just some fouls or some some silly turnovers, but uh, Aggies were able to make up for it in other facets of the game. Um, like I said, they also forced lots of turnovers, so it was just a little messy at times. But they, when they did turn it over, they didn't really get too hurt off of it. Only four points off of turnovers for the College of Idaho, and also just two points on a fast break. So. Um, they did have turnovers that did have issues, but most of the time they were able to get back, set back up, and uh, it wasn't an issue. So that is promising. If you can be smart with the ball, uh, things will happen like that. You you may get a travel. You may step out of bounds. But if you can make sure that you're getting back when you make those mistakes and and playing good defense, that, that is what was really promising to me. On the other hand, Utah State did a really nice job of taking advantage of those mistakes from the College of Idaho. 14 points off of turnovers for Utah State, 12 of twelve fast break points. And then uh, another thing I didn't touch on, but 15 second chance points. So they were able to get uh, quite a few offensive rebounds. And when they did, they 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 found the best shot. Sometimes it was a put back up by, you know, Abby Waller. Or uh, I, I think Maria Carvalho got a couple. Other times they're passing it out, resetting, looking for the best chance, and um, it really showed uh, well for Utah State. So it was a nice opening game for the Aggies, 1-0 and on the season in women's basketball, and that is the first time the program has ever done that as far as uh, uh, we, we've heard. Uh, SID AJ Salveson, of course, crediting him with that that stat, but... Kayla R., the first coach to lead the Aggies to three consecutive season-opening victories. So, solid, promising start. Getting that first win is always so important just to, to you know, get it, get the, the jitters out of the way, build some confidence, and um, even rally some fan support. You know, when you if you see a losing record right out of the way, sometimes it, you know, like, I don't know if I want to watch this team, but let me tell you, this team is fun to watch. They can shoot the three. They get on fast break, so some of the really exciting stuff about basketball they can do, and they're, they're doing it well, at least through the first two games. We'll see if they're able to keep that going as uh, their schedule gets tougher, their opponents get tougher. Friday, they're taking on Kayla Ard's alum, uh, alumna, alma mater, rather. She's an alumni of southeastern Louisiana. So that's a game that the two schools met each other for the first time ever last year. And the Aggies won on a last-second three-pointer from Kalen Rondawa um, to win that game 73-71, to I believe. So the Lions going to be looking for a little bit of revenge. That one tips off at 3 p.m. Friday afternoon in the Spectrum. Of course, that one right here on Aggie Radio. Aggie Radio, the exclusive home of women's basketball. And A.J. Salveson going to be on that call. I'll be helping him out color commentary-wise. So tune in. It should be a really fun one. Then the Aggies, they on Tuesday, they will head down to St. George starting a really long road trip uh, that just gets broken up with a home game with Ball State. So they'll take on Arkansas State. Uh, USC's the marquee one there. It's going to be a tough one. One of those uh, games where you got to keep your confidence and, and possibly put away the results just with the way the Trojans can play. But, hey, you never know. Sometimes you might be able to surprise them. So could be exciting there. They'll also take on Weber State in Ogden um, before they host a couple really fun in-state matchups. Utah Valley and BYU both come to the spectrum um, for women's basketball. So should be a really exciting stretch of games. We'll see 
what the Aggies can do to build up some momentum and, and work things out before they get to conference play. Once again, they were projected to finish last in the conference from the media vote, and I don't see that happening. And it's only been one game, so you know I don't want to be jumping to conclusions, but they've already shown that hey, like they might, <laughs> they might be able to to surprise some people. So that's the goal. We'll see what happens there. Coming up on the Aggie Radio Sports Show here, presented by the Utah Statesman, we're going to be talking about uh, the New Mexico football game this last week on Saturday. Then we'll be talking about men's hoops and previewing the Hawaii football game. And uh, we'll get Jacob Nielsen back in the booth, uh, probably get some shenanigans rolling there. Stick around right here on Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLULP, Logan. Hey, this is Darcy Ritchie, the managing editor of the Utah Statesman. We asked players from the men's and women's basketball teams to describe their pregame rituals. My pregame ritual is probably drinking a Celsius and braiding Maria's hair. <laughs> Take a quick nap, um, come to the gym early, get some shots up. I, I like to be goofy and just joke around and listen to music. I always like taking a nap, getting in the zone, playing music, and then just chilling, really. I always drink a Pipeline Punch Monster. What song do you know every lyric to? I know every lyric to Big Green Tractor by Jason Aldean. Mockingbird by Eminem. She had a Dougie, yay, she had a Dougie. Star Spangled Banner. Death of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco. Heart and Soul by Youngboy. Lowdown by Little Baby. A Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks. Who do you play as in Mario Kart? Who's the big green turtle? Oh, Mario Kart. I play a lot of that. Um, I'm Wario. I switch it up, but usually Luigi. 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 Definitely Luigi. Definitely Yoshi. Maybe Wario. I was the, the mushroom. I used to play with Koopa Troopa, but he has not been successful for me recently. So I just switched to Baby Mario. I'm Roy. Yeah, best in the house, by the way. What is your go-to road trip snack? My favorite road trip snack is probably cuties. Pringles. Pretzels. Pretzels. I love a good Muddy Buddy. Fruit snacks. Chex Mix. I usually just get like assorted candies at Winco. It's like for $3 for a pound. I love some gems on a road trip. I'll probably say gummies. Some good trail mix or a Reese's. Salt and vinegar chips. Probably salt and vinegar chips. That's a big, big favorite for the house as well. If you could play for a different USU team, which one would you pick? If I didn't play basketball, I would 100% do rodeo. Golf. Golf team, no doubt. Track and field or cross country. Track. Probably football team, wire receiver. Football. <laughs> probably a football team. I feel like I'd be a pretty good DB. I would have to say football. American football, yeah. It's softball, volleyball, probably soccer. If I didn't coach basketball, which USU team would I coach? Wow. Um, a tennis. Maybe golf. What is the worst movie you've ever seen? Worst movie, The Notebook. Ooh, we had a movie night the other night. It was pretty bad. Hey guys, what was the movie we watched last weekend? Beast. Beast was definitely a bad one. The worst movie I've ever seen is <laughs> The Beast. The worst movie I've ever seen is Beast. Never seen it, but 2012. Smile. I went and watched it last night, and I left halfway through. Goosebumps. Stella just didn't understand it. Who on your team would win an arm wrestling competition? I think Primo would win an arm wrestling competition. I would say myself, but probably not. I'd probably go the Ukrainian powerlifter, Max Shulga. Probably maybe Shimon and Travin. Dan Akin. Dan Akin. Probably Shimon. He's just a bit reckless, dangerous, but he's strong. I guess. I'd give it to him. Grab a copy of the Utah Statesman from newsstands every Monday. 
or visit usustatesman.com for the best Aggie sports coverage. Programming on Aggie Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Utah Division of State History looking to guide its future. To assist them in their goals, they have a short survey that all Utah residents can take. More details at history.utah.gov. Aggie fans, this broadcast is brought to you by Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU and Everlight Solar. Everlight Solar serves communities throughout Utah. Don't buy solar panels. Local homeowners go solar. More information is available at everlightsolar.com. Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU is brought to you in part by Farm Bureau Financial Services. Farm Bureau Financial Services can help you bundle your car and home together in a single policy. More information is available at fbfs.com. This is Kipper Snack. You're listening to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP. This is Jake Ellis, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman here on Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. This is the Aggie Radio Sports Show presented by the Utah Statesman. My partner in crime, my dynamic duo, uh, Jacob Nielsen, he is out on an interview right now. He'll be back in the studio very soon, within the next 10 minutes or so. So stick around. We're going to be talking men's hoops, so it should be very exciting. But right now, let's go ahead and talk about the Utah State-New Mexico football game this last Saturday. A game that... um. I don't know, I would call a mixed bag. Obviously, the good being, hey, they got that win, they got the victory against an opponent that could trip you up and in weather that could trip you up. So let's hear what head coach Blake Anderson had to say about the weather during that game. Game, the the wind, the rain, it it did play a factor. Uh, We got really fortunate late for us to have gotten the ball in the end zone and, and gotten some points before it really dropped on us uh, and, and definitely did not play into, into New Mexico's favor late in the fourth quarter the way the weather got very severe the last five minutes. Uh, fortunate that we were able to get down what we needed to earlier in that. We- so like you said, uh, the weather definitely played a factor, especially in that fourth quarter. The wind whipped up. It swirled directions. Uh, made it very difficult to pass, and of course the rain started coming down. If you were in the Mav, hopefully you had a poncho because, man, I would not have liked to be out in that weather. But the final score of that game, just, uh, you know, recalling for your brain, 27-10. And uh, the player of the game there, place kicker, Connor Coles, 15 points. Uh, No, he did not kick five field goals, though. Um, I don't know. There's probably someone out there that would like to see that. Maybe Connor himself, but I think he was more excited with his six-yard touchdown run on a fake field goal on fourth down. Super exciting. That one just four minutes into the second half. uh, A real surprise, and it gave Utah State the lead. They had trailed at halftime 10-7. It was the first time um, UNL, or excuse me, New Mexico had led since the Wyoming game at halftime. They had done it three times a season, which actually surprised me when I looked it up because I, I didn't think the Lobos had that steam. So they had been in games. They just, you know, had trouble in the second half. And that continued again for them. But for Utah State, um, I'm looking at the box score, and it's just Coles, Connor, Coles, Coles. And it's just three straight scores. He gets that touchdown run. 
then a 49-yard field goal uh, with just under five minutes to go in the third quarter. And then midway through the fourth, he hits a 27-yarder to put the Aggies up 20-10. to So single-handedly, the guy put up 13 points and then got another two on PATs. So really excellent night from Connor. He's not a guy that's going to brag about it. He kept saying, hey, I just did my 111th. I put, I did my, my part for the team. Uh, he's just that kind of guy. It's uh, it's fun. Um, <laughs> maybe a little frustrating at times when I'm trying to write something like, hey, be excited. You you won a really good game. But um, he, he was just excited for the team. He said he would split the points with um, the left tackle, the left guard, Alfred Edwards, and Calvin Knapp. Um just because they had opened up that hole so well on the the fake field goal. And it was just something that that Utah State said they saw in practice, uh, saw that they thought would um, be successful. They got the look they wanted from New Mexico, and it was a gutsy call, but it worked out. And it was a couple other really big special teams plays that helped Utah State out. Um, One of them necessarily didn't add too much to the scoreboard, a fake punt conversion on fourth down by Stephen Cottsonley, but it just built some momentum. He got a 10-yard rush um, to get a first down at midfield and allowed the Aggies to eat up some more clock in a, in a game that um, Utah State kind of flipped the time of possession. It's not something they're known for. Coming into that game, they had averaged a little over 23 seconds per play, which uh, blazing pace, uh, something that um, when I was working with the, the broadcast crew on the TV side for that game, they... They were so worried about that happening, and they they wanted me to look up extra things and make sure I was tracking yardage with them too just because they wouldn't be able to, to get it out that quickly. Um, and they kind of flipped the script on that. Uh, the time of possession really didn't end up mattering all that much, which was interesting, not something that people were expecting going into that one. Um, see, other notable things was... Uh, a muffed punt from New Mexico recovered by Jamie Nance. Uh, a big, another big momentum change for Utah State, and the special teams has really, really carried this Utah State team at times this season. Um, not something you hear all the time, but when, uh, as Coach Anderson says, you're trying to use every bullet to get a win, uh, they they are really using that gun of the special teams a lot more, and it's been working out. It's been working out nice and. Finally, to cap off the game, Utah State got their first defensive touchdown um, since 2019, I believe. Shaq Bond on a pick six against San Diego State. It was a scoop and score this time around for safety Hunter Reynolds. He returned it 55 yards after a fumble and got that final touchdown. So the final score again, 27-10, Utah State knocks off New Mexico keeps their hopes alive of trying to be bowl eligible, uh, trying to extend the season. Of course, hopes still somewhat alive for that Mountain West bid, the championship game, but odds are, are not too great. They're focusing on that bowl game opportunity. And um, this is just kind of a bit of a hangover. I hate to say it, but this is what we were expecting to happen. Um, when I say we, I feel like just generally most people that watch Aggie sports frequently. This is kind of what we were expecting when Blake Anderson was coming to take over. It was a rebuilding year. It was a time to recycle, you know, get you were going to lose guys to the transfer portal probably. You were going to bring in maybe some of your own and just uh, do what you could to institute your new plan, your new style, 
and honestly more so focus on the state of the program, the morale, things like that. But we got shocked. We got surprised with a Mountain West championship, a a Christmas gift in early December, and then an L.A. Bowl win before all those bowls started getting canceled for COVID. It really was the perfect Utah State football season. It had drama, too, with some tough losses, things like that. So it was really just back and forth exciting. Um, and this season is kind of the hangover. This is what probably should have happened that first year, logically. Um, and, you know, you never can tell, but that's usually how these things go. Um, and that's kind of what's happened this year. This is I feel like we're seeing more of the effects of the change of, of coaching staff and that it's just an unpleasant little little hangover from that after a wonderful season of partying for the Aggies. So let's go ahead and talk about a couple other things. But, well, actually, I think we'll go to break. We'll go to a break really quick. Stick around. Got a little bit more to talk about football-wise. We'll switch gears to men's hoops. Maybe preview Hawaii football. It'll. I'm not sure about the order there. Still stalling for Jacob. He's he's in that interview right now. But I just want to wait for men's hoops with him. It was a super exciting first game. So stick around. If you want to hear that right here on Aggie Radio. Intermountain Healthcare supports this program on 92.3 KBLU. Intermountain Healthcare is a Utah-based, not-for-profit system of 24 hospitals, 160 clinics, and 38,000 employees. More information is available at intermountainhealthcare.org. Aggie Sports Radio on KBLU is sponsored in part by Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Cache Valley Visitors Bureau has all the information about the fall activities in the Valley. More information available at explorelogan.com. Discount Tire is a proud sponsor of Aggie Football and 92.3 KBLU. With locations in Logan, Providence, and Smithfield, Discount Tire offers services such as oil changes, emissions, alignments, car maintenance, and more. More information is available at webtires.net. Programming on Aggie Radio is brought to you by Aggie Print. Aggie Print is the university's professional print shop with a variety of custom options ranging from promotional flyers to apparel and engraving. Aggie Print has two locations on USU campus. Their main office is located at 880 East and 1250 North, with a quick print location on the first floor of the Taggart Student Center. More information can be found at print.usu.edu. Sports Academy and Racquet Club is a proud sponsor of Aggie Football on 92.3 KBLU. Sports Academy has classes for swimming, tumbling, and trampoline, group fitness, and tennis for kids and adults. More information at sportsacademy.com. Utah State Football is brought to you by Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU and Zions Bank. More information about banking services is available at zionsbank.com. You've tuned in to the Aggie Radio Sports Show here on Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLULP Logan. I'm Jake Ellis, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman. Uh, the chair to my left right now empty, but Jacob Nielsen, a frequent coverer of the Utah State Aggies, I don't know why I said coverer, a journalist, uh, will be joining um, joining us here soon and actually might have seen him out the door. So I might just play a quick little commercial here and see if I can let him into the booth, so stick around. One second. Hello? Hello? 
Oh, hey, J.C. Caldwell, Utah Statesman News Manager here. You know, now that I have you, you should pick up a copy of The Statesman, USU's student-run newspaper. A new issue comes out every Monday, and you can find them at almost any building on campus or read online at usustatesman.com. You do want to know what's happening on campus and in Logan, don't you? Anyway, I gotta run and grab a copy of my own. See you later. This broadcast is brought to you by Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU and Holland American Line and Princess Cruises located in Alaska. Now hiring driver guides for summer 2022, they offer paid commercial driver training in Logan, Provo, and Rexburg. More information is available at alaskatourjobs.com. Once again, that is alaskatourjobs.com. I must be seeing ghosts because no, no Jacob Nielsen just yet, but... Stick around. We'll be talking men's basketball with him. He's a hoops junkie, uh, as am I. It'll be a super fun segment, so stick around. But let's go ahead and start the preview of the Hawaii game. You're listening to the Aggie Radio Sports Show, 92.3 KBLU LP Logan, presented by the Utah Statesman. And let's go ahead and see what Blake Anderson had to say about uh, the challenge that it is to go to the islands and play Hawaii. Yeah, we had tough. Tough trip this week to go to Hawaii. Not easy to do. I think uh, they've proven to be really, really difficult to, to beat at home, especially. And this is uh, a lot of young guys going over there for the first time. We'll have to block out the distractions of the trip and just how long it takes to get there and how it will adjust our, our week and, and how we prep during the week and be focused on the task at hand and find a way to, uh, to get to 500. This is a, as I said last week, it's a must win. We want to be bowl eligible. We can't let this one slip. We've got to find a way to go win, and I think they'll make that very, very difficult. A lot of very close games with the exception of Fresno, a lot of close games in a row where they were right there at the end, and, and I would expect that's what, we, uh, that's what we'll see out of those, those guys when we get there. So Utah State, um, they, they are well aware of the, the challenge that it is to head to Hawaii, the adjustment you have to make time-wise, the – just the amount of travel time, the the jet lag you can experience, adjusting to the dip in elevation. You know, we hear about people going up to elevation, but even though it's not as much of a breathing problem, it's definitely a, a you know a bit of a change. So we will we'll see how they come out here. But um, the the projection against Hawaii uh, seems to be pretty favorable. Um, but first, let me just uh, entertain you here with a, a fun little little snippet from backup running back Robert Briggs, um, who uh, may be taking a majority of the snaps depending on Calvin Tyler Jr.'s status. He uh, was in concussion protocol on Monday. Um, he is day-to-day, last I heard. So we'll see if he'll be good to go um, against Hawaii. Um but actually, just give us one second on that Robert Briggs clip. But um, Galvin Tyler Jr. has been doing a really excellent job this season. Uh, last four games before the um, before the New Mexico game, he was actually uh, had rushed over a hundred yards in, in three of those games. So he's uh, the the NFL is a goal for him. I've talked to him a couple times and. You know, when he's doing things like that, putting up consistent numbers, doing a really nice job blocking, he's making his best case. Uh, he'll he'll need some more marquee performances like that, though. You know, of course, a, a graduate 
senior um, from Oregon State. So this is his, his last season of eligibility as far as I'm aware. But, okay, I have the Robert Briggs clip now. Let's hear what he had to say about if he's uh, ever been to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. I always wanted to go, though, but then I found out how long the flight is. I ain't ready for the flight, but I'm ready to land in uh, Hawaii. Have fun. So, yeah, there you heard it. The the length of the flight, a concern here <laughs> against Hawaii. But, no, more seriously, it, it's always a tough time to to, to switch over to play Hawaii. Um, they're 2-8, and eight, though, this season. So it's a game that Utah State is expected to win. It's a game that they need to win to get bowl eligibility. The two wins for Hawaii this season against Duquesne. Uh, that was a home game, and then of course a, another home game win against Nevada. So they um, they're actually two and three at home, which you know isn't the worst record ever. It's that blazing zero and five on the road that has really hurt Hawaii. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Kickoff on that one is going to be nine o'clock Mountain Time. So uh, I don't know if you're if you're a dad or. A parent, rather, of, of of any child, you that's when maybe you you put the the kids to bed and you get to watch in peace. Or um, I don't know how you keep the family awake to watch that one and support the Aggies, but um, it'll it'll be an interesting one. That one uh, you're gonna have to stream as well. It won't be on a regular broadcast network, but you can hear it right here on Aggie Radio ninety two three KBLULP Logan. Um, should be an exciting one. Scott Gerard is always on that call, and um, it actually means that since he's shipped out to Hawaii already, or you know at least will in the next day or two, uh, he will not be on the Bradley call on Friday. So that will be uh, AJ Salveson, AJ Salveson rather, uh, right here on Aggie Radio. So once again, that that kickoff set for nine o'clock. Let's see if I had anything else I wanted to pull from. Uh, the press conference. I don't see anything. Um, just know that Calvin Tyler Jr., they're just trying to be careful with his recovery. This is a team that takes head injuries very seriously, concussions especially, and they uh, they won't let him go until they know he's 100% ready, uh, which is, you know, the right mood. move can be frustrating for players that want to play. It can be frustrating for, you know, the fan base, things like that when, when they want to see a guy that has been tearing it up. But, of course, safety is the, the priority there. So that that will be a concern that they are taking on with Calvin Tyler Jr. He's day-to-day, though, so we'll see if he can play at Hawaii. It'd be a, a good game for him to try and gain some momentum uh, coming back from an injury uh, against the Rainbow Warriors. But we'll see how it goes here. We're going to take another break, uh, stick around. Men's basketball coming up right after this on Aggie Radio, KBLU uh, 92.3, KBLU-LP Logan. Intermountain Healthcare supports this program on 92.3 KBLU. Intermountain Healthcare is a Utah-based, not-for-profit system of 24 hospitals, 160 clinics, and 38,000 employees. More information is available at intermountainhealthcare.org. News just in, Aggie Radio is the bee's knees, radio.usu.edu. 
1979, Larry H. Miller opened his first dealership in Utah. Though for years he'd worked in other places, he chose to open here because he loved this state. He valued what Utah's people value, integrity, hard work, and the desire to enrich the lives of others. And today, those values continue to drive us forward in business, in our communities, in life. The Larry H. Miller family of dealerships, driven by a love for Utah, driven by you. Great Basin Urgent Care is located at 1201 South Main Street, Suite 110, Logan. Great Basin Urgent Care offers IV hydration therapy, including banana bags. Other services include x-rays, in-house lab tests, blood draws, and medication management. Primary care is also provided. More information is available at greatbasinuc.com. Holiday Inn Express and Suites underwrites this program on 92.3. Located on Main Street in North Logan, just minutes away from Utah State University. Holiday Inn Express and Suites, 435-752-3444 or hiexpress.com. Beaver Mountain supports this program on 92.3. Student and adult season passes are available. Rentals are available online. Beaver Mountain is located in Logan Canyon, just over 20 miles away from Logan. Family owned from the beginning. Learn more about Beaver Mountain at skithebeave.com. Jake Ellis with you here on Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLULP Logan. I'm the sports editor of the Utah Statesman. This is the Aggie Radio Sports Show presented by the Utah Statesman. It's time to talk men's basketball. They started their season off fantastic. Got the same scoreline as the women's game, 75-58. to They, uh, of course, took on Utah Valley, the Wolverines, and Utah State looked really good in that game. At the break, they had a 13-point lead, 41-28, and then still outscored Utah Valley in the second half, 34-30. Uh, gets them, starts their season with a win, the first season opener win for Ryan Odom as Utah State head coach. Of course, his second season. So much better go-around than a UC Davis loss that we had last year. Um, it was an exciting game, the, the Spectrum was packed a 7,400 in a November basketball game. Very impressive. Uh, you know, we can see those sights in, in conference play and against some marquee opponents. But, you know, for a solid uh, in-state game, that's that's some great attendance. Uh, some standouts from that game, of course, the new transfer, Taylor Funk, impressed 18 points, 14 rebounds on the double-double. Had a block and two assists on the night. And uh, if you didn't catch the highlight, you might want to look this one up. He pulled up from the E in state on the logo and drilled a three. Uh, heat check, uh, something I, I saw from Scotty G later that he uh, heard Odom just yelling, shoot it, shoot it, from the bench. So um, a really awesome play, building on momentum. And... Uh, a solid debut from the big man from Pennsylvania, the transfer from St. Joseph's 
making making himself known. Sean Bairstow just looked so good um, as well. 19 points, led the team. He had eight rebounds, an assist, and a block. Um, but the big thing there from Sean was he only took two threes and he made both of them. He, uh, you know, he's not he wasn't known for his three point shooting last year. He took attempts uh, one or two a game it seemed like, and he just really had a hard time knocking them down. It's something that he said he wanted to improve that he's been working on this off season a lot, and it showed. He did a really nice job. You know, small sample size, of course, just two shots, but a an impressive t- uh, showing. And what was was better than the makes? Well, maybe not better, but what's just as good as the makes is the shot selection from Bear. So he didn't try to force anything from downtown, which can be frustrating, can kill momentum. So nice job there. And then Max Sholga, third in scoring, fourteen points, and he he's just improved drastically over his three years at Utah State this starting his third season as a junior and he um he uh he's just shown flashes of excellence his shooting percentage was lower than some other guys on the team but he he picked up six rebounds and was able to, to space the floor the the main thing about Shulga is a lot of his buckets came in important moments and and his defense was also huge. It he you know we we talked about Sholga. He went to the European Championship for FIBA, represented Ukraine, did a really nice job. Got twenty six points in one game. So it, he's a guy that um, will be really important for the Aggies this season. He's actually taken over the starting spot at least for now. After one game, it was uh, Rylan Jones, Max Sholga. Um, getting the guard starts there. Uh, RJ Idle Rock came off the bench and he had a few a few uh less minutes than I thought he would in that game. But um it it just shows how talented this team is. Minutes are hard to come by um through this rotation. Um another guy that impressed me was Ryland Jones. He just seemed so much more confident. I wonder it kind of seems like a movie arc of sorts. <laughs> I don't know um, well, I'm saying this, uh, but it seems kind of like he just he did so well at Utah. He had that that banner freshman year, and then he had injuries. He had problems, and it, it declined. and And last season it wasn't horrible, but he he didn't immediately light up the Aggies like some thought that he would, some hoped that he would. Um, but this season, it seems like he's taking this veteran approach. Uh, um, you know, of course, keeping his pass first mentality, eight assists, always impressive. Um, but he also showed he had the confidence. He he pulled up on one three pointer, drilled it. It was beautiful. Um, he ended with just six points, but he he's a big part of the offense. Did what Ryland Jones does best: got a charge drawn on the opposition. So a really nice job from the Aggies in their first game. They win over Utah Valley, seventy-five to fifty-eight in the Spectrum. On Monday night, so turning ahead towards the future, it's Bradley coming to town on Friday night, seven o'clock in the Spectrum. That game broadcast right here on Aggie Radio. It's uh, it'll be an interesting opponent. Uh, Bradley, a top tier mid major program in in the East Coast, the Northeast, or sorry, I believe Chicago. Now that I'm thinking about it, and um, they. Uh, 
they they will give Utah State a test here. Um, I think this is a non-conference game that might be a little underrated to some people that you know maybe just don't have the brain, the name recognition of Bradley, but it, it'll be a good one, and it's gonna be another exciting chance uh, for Utah State to kind of show that that enthusiasm for hoops that we saw on that season opener. Um, so much so that it seemed like Taylor Funk was almost speechless to an extent. He when we asked him about it in the post game conference after he uh he was uh he just took his time he's like oh man that was it was just magical you know is that that wasn't the exact word but he it was i think he said it was everything that they said it would be um uh so and that was in a game against UVU the first game and it was just 7400 people so imagine if he uh, he, he gets a packed house against Wyoming or Colorado State uh, what he'll experience there. Super exciting. So Taylor Funk, small sample size, but really, really looking good. Uh, has some of the good aspects of Brandon Horvath, able to score down low and rebound. Um, right now, at least, it seems he might be a little better shooting from the perimeter. Um, but what main thing impressed me, and me and Jacob were talking about this after the game, was the hustle. He He was super strong. Um, he went to the ground. He he did things that um, good teams have to do to win games and things that uh, needed to be replaced after you lose Justin Bean, after you lose, um, you know, some big playmakers down there. So it's it was promising to see. Dan Akin, um, one that maybe some people were surprised on his performance, he, he struggled at times. He had some turnovers. He had some things, and... Ryan Odom told told us in the press conference after he said he was disappointed. Um, sorry, Dan was disappointed in himself, but is what I mean by that. And he said, got those first game jitters out. So it's not the performance that he wanted to give. It's not the one that he expected to give. And even while struggling, you know, he still had some big plays. He still had a good dunk, uh, still played some solid defense, and... Um, showed some flashes. So if he can put it together more consistently, uh, he's going to be a really key presence. He ate up a lot of minutes. And um, it was interesting to see Odom's approach with that. He kept uh, he kept Dan in the game for, uh, let's see, the total exactly was 27 minutes, which is the most for a guy coming off the bench. And he allowed him to grind through some of the challenges he had. Um, he had five turnovers, like I said, so trouble there. And then, of course, he missed four free throws. But he also shot three from four from the field. He uh, had had decent fouls, and uh, he had an assist, five rebounds. So um, a presence there. And, you know, I think what's encouraging to me is that he knows it's not the performance he wanted to give that, it's not what people are expecting from him, and he's he was already looking forward to be like, hey, that that's not me. So we'll see what Dan can do the rest of the season. I've seen him work in practice, and I've seen some really great things. So we will see how things uh, work out there. And then I saw some questions online, people asking, um, should, uh, let's see, uh, Har- Justin Harmon have been ejected from the game because he had two technical fouls. So a flopping technical is a Class B technical, so it's not going to count against you for an ejection. 
something to keep in mind, a new rule this season. So um, it's something you'll just have to get used to. Uh, first game, I don't expect anyone to know that rule. I I even had to double check. I was like, hey, wait, what about that? Found found the the rule change on the NCAA website. So uh, refs called that one right. <laughs> um, just which you know I don't always say all the time, but they they did a good job there. Um, and it's just something to keep in mind, especially when Ryland, uh, sometimes depending on the ref, it just seemed like he got more flops in some games when he's trying to char- draw those charges. So something to keep in mind, it could affect the Aggies. So it's just, it's a free throw. Um, I don't even think it's possession either. Um, I think it stays with it. It's just one free throw for the flop. So keep that in mind in this season. I'm sorry, I've been lying to you, Jacob Nielsen. He promised me that he would come in, but he didn't. But that's okay. He'll he'll be with us next week. Um, but it it really has been a solid week for Aggie sports. Uh, got wins all around. Um, volleyball, football, both basketball teams doing a nice job. So we'll see what they can do this next week. Um, and just go a little further out in advance for the men's basketball team. After Bradley on Friday, they got Santa Clara Monday night in the Spectrum. And then they'll head out to San Diego, take on the Toros on Thursday at 8 o'clock. So that, that'll be a later one. See if you can uh, call in sick on Friday, I guess, or something like that. But um, this starts their stretch where Utah State um, plays quite a few WAC teams. Or, excuse me, WCC teams, so. Uh, could be exciting uh, that way. But that's going to do it uh, here on Aggie Radio. Thanks for listening to the Aggie Radio Sports Show presented by the Utah Statesman. I'm Jake Ellis, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman. And um, we'll be back next week, probably on Wednesday again, due to that Bradley game on Monday night. But um, sorry that it's not super consistent. Just keep your eyes on the podcast feed. Uh, you can look up the Statesman Sports Desk uh, wherever you listen to your shows, and you'll be able to find any shows you may have missed. And we'll keep trying to do this weekly with our with uh, the Aggies' busy schedule of games. We're covering basketball, football, volleyball. So uh, appreciate all your support listening to us here uh Student Media and all the projects we put out. And um, just a shout-out to the, the Winter Sports Magazine, it's not coming out earlier in the season like it has in the past. It's going to be on January 10th, uh, the Wyoming game for the men's uh, distribution. And then um, I believe it's the Nevada home game for the women's basketball team. I believe that is uh, the Saturday before that Tuesday after uh, winter break here at Utah State. So keep an eye out for that. Going to have some some player profiles in there as usual. Bringing back the trading cards. People seem to really like them from the football magazine, from the fall sports magazine. So uh, keep an eye on that. And um, I'll play out with some of the, the answers I got from basketball players about those, uh, excuse me, those, those winter sports fun things. So thanks for listening. Have a great night. And we'll be back next week. Hey, this is Darcy Ritchie, the managing editor of the Utah Statesman. We asked players from the men's and women's basketball teams to describe their pregame rituals. My pregame ritual is probably drinking a Celsius and braiding Maria's hair. <laughs> Take a quick nap, um, come to the gym early, get some shots up. I, I like to be goofy and just joke around and listen to music. I always like taking a nap, getting in the zone, playing music, and then 
just chilling, really. I always drink a Pipeline Punch Monster. What song do you know every lyric to? I know every lyric to Big Green Tractor by Jason Aldean. Mockingbird by Eminem. She had a Dougie A, she had a Dougie. Star Spangled Banner. Death of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco. Heart and Soul by Youngboy. Lowdown by Lil Baby. A Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks. Who do you play as in Mario Kart? Who's the big green turtle? Oh, Mario Kart, we play a lot of that. Um, I'm Wario. I switch it up, but usually Luigi. 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 Definitely Luigi. Definitely Yoshi. Maybe Wario. I was the, the mushroom. I used to play with Koopa Troopa, but he has not been successful for me recently. So I just switched to baby Mario. I'm Roy. Yeah, best in the house, by the way. What is your go-to road trip snack? My favorite road trip snack is probably cuties. Pringles. Pretzels. Pretzels. I love a good Muddy Buddy. Fruit snacks. Chex Mix. I used to just get like assorted candies at Winco. It's like for $3 for a pound. I love some gems on a road trip. I'd probably say gummies. Some good trail mix or a Reese's. Salt and vinegar chips. Probably salt and vinegar chips. That's a big, big favorite for the house as well. If you could play for a different USU team, which one would you pick? If I didn't play basketball, I would 100% do rodeo. Golf. Golf team, no doubt. Track and field or cross country. Track. Probably football team, wide receiver. Football. <laughs> probably football team. I feel like I'd be a pretty good DB. I would have to say football. American football, yeah. It's softball, volleyball, probably soccer. If I didn't coach basketball, which USU team would I coach? Wow. Um, a tennis. Maybe golf. What is the worst movie you've ever seen? Worst movie, The Notebook. Ooh, we had a movie night at the house the other night. It was pretty bad. Hey guys, what was the movie we watched last weekend? Beast. Beast was definitely a bad one. The worst movie I've ever seen is <laughs> The Beast. The worst movie I've ever seen is Beast. Never seen it, but 2012. Smile. I went and watched it last night, and I left halfway through. Goosebumps. And Stella just didn't understand it. Who on your team would win an arm wrestling competition? I think Primo would win an arm wrestling competition. I would say myself, but probably not. I'd probably go the Ukrainian powerlifter, Max Sugar. Probably maybe Simon and Travin. Dan Akin. Dan Akin. Probably Simon. He's just a bit reckless, dangerous, but he's strong. I guess. I give it to him. Grab a copy of the Utah Statesman from newsstands every Monday or visit usustatesman.com for the best Aggie sports coverage. Programming.